What's happening? What's good? It's your boy AJ back with another segment of Let's Talk About It. First and foremost, disclaimer, the music you hear in the background, I do not own the rights to it, but it sounds good and it just fits the segment so well. Let's go ahead and let's jump off into it. Today, we are going to be talking about femininity, but more directly, we are going to be talking about softness, displaying softness to your man in your relationship. Now, I don't know anything about displaying softness to your man because, hey, I ain't never dated a man. That ain't me. But I do have a guest today and she is going to give her take on softness in the relationship, uh, speaking to your man, you know, just uh, all around displaying that true other side of femininity. And like I said, we're just going to go ahead and jump right off into it. Let me go ahead and introduce her. So like I say, let's go ahead and get our guests introduced. Today we have Stephanie. She is going to be giving us her commentary on softness in a relationship. Stephanie is a fitness coach. She is a financial coach. She is the founder of a women's empowerment nonprofit group. I want y'all to be uh, so kind and so nice to her today. Miss Stephanie, how you doing? I'm doing amazing. How are you doing today? I am doing superbly great. I'm so glad to have you on today. So, like I said, we're going to go ahead and we're going to jump right off into it. Um, today, we're dealing with softness in the relationship. We're dealing with, um, from a female perspective, uh, displaying softness to your man or, you know, uh, in your relationship. Now, initially, um, opening the segment, I stated that we were going to be talking about softness and femininity. But one thing I do want to point out is there is a huge, huge, huge difference between softness and femininity. You can be completely feminine and not be soft in your relationship. And then two, uh, it could be vice versa as well. So let's go ahead and let's jump off into it. Miss Stephanie, how is life treating you? It's good. It's crazy, <laughs> but it's good. <laughs> okay. I know you have a lot going on right now, a lot in the works, some major blessings going on. I'm so happy for you. So proud of you as well. Uh, let me ask you, let's go ahead and, and jump off uh, into this. What is your take on uh, f- softness in a relationship. Explain to the people what you consider softness as. When I think of softness in a relationship, I somewhat think of it as catering to my man. Okay. Being there for him, however he needs me to be, making him feel special, making him feel like he's appreciated, desired, and whatever that entails because everybody needs something different. So if my man needs me to cook for him, I'll cook for him. If my man needs me to be, you know, help him with his business, whatever it may be, 
I think for me, that's what softness in a relationship is somewhat catering to whatever it is he needs to make him feel special. Okay. All right. And that is an excellent point. Uh, and I'm not saying that this is wrong. More often than not, men focus more on ensuring that their woman is getting what she needs out of the relationship. Um, and ladies, don't don't jump on me. Don't jump on me because I'm not saying that that is how it is for all men. But the the normal dynamic is it, it is necessary to make sure that the woman feels special and not saying that you ladies don't. But a lot of times that's a neglected point for men. You know, we are not made to feel special. We're not made to feel. I uh, <laughs> know. I know. You know, we're not made to feel that uh, we hold a purpose, you know, outside of providing for you or protecting you or, or you know, loving you. You know, we're, we're not made to feel like you know, this is reciprocated, you know, so uh, how, how do you, as a woman that understands, you know, hey, I, I need to make my man feel special and things like that. How do you do that? How do you normalize it? How you, how do you initialize it? One big thing I'm huge on, and I've told some of my married friends this as well, sometimes Whatever it is you want to see in a person or whatever it is behavior you want to see in a person, you need to exhibit that. So that being said, I feel like if I'm dealing with somebody who has half a heart, half a brain, if I'm doing these things for them, hopefully they'll do some of those things in some capacity for me as well. And then part of it is just my heart. I just have a very, very giving heart have a caring heart and I have a heart that that I'm a giver I'm a giver to a fault at times and I've been in relationships before where a person did not deserve everything that I had to give and it was hard for me to hold back because that's just my nature so if I'm in a relationship and somebody does not deserve everything that I have to give it's making me be outside of what I'm normally used to being and I have to, I just have to abandon that relationship. Okay. Okay. You know what? That's, that's a, uh, another good point that you made, you know, in regards to you acting according to how you are. Now, again, ladies, don't jump on me. Don't beat me up for this, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, in my experiences, um, more often than not, women are not taught to be soft in their relationships. And I know I'm going to catch major backlash on this, but I have to talk and I have to speak and tell it like a T.I. is. More often than not, um, it is our women, my black women, my queens, my black queens. And growing up, you know, I have two sisters. Uh, of course, I have a mother. I have two daughters, uh, and but they're not taught that softness. A lot of times we get uh, situations where, you know, you're taught, you don't need no man. You ain't got to cater to him. And, and 
right. you know, things like that. So, so has this been something, was this something that you were taught or, or did you have to learn this later in life? I learned it later in life. Gotcha. It was not necessarily taught to me as well. As a matter of fact, <laughs> um, just even recently, I've had, um, you know, I was telling some friends about something I was doing for a person, and they said, oof, not me, I couldn't be doing all of that. I don't know how you do that. But again, it's just kind of natural. It's my heart. And then, again, too, some of it is just as we mature, as we get older, and also my relationship, as you know, with God as a Christian, just being loving and caring unconditionally. And sometimes I think that's why women aren't soft sometimes, because when we do go out on the land and cater to someone and give him everything that we have to offer and we're vulnerable and we, you know, open ourselves up to giving him whatever it is he needs, sometimes it's not reciprocated the way we would hope it would be or is completely taken for granted or we're treated in a way that just does not go in line with everything that we've shown. So that being said, it is hard sometimes to keep going and say, you know what, I'm not going to be this hard, bitter person based on what, you know, what has happened to me before. I have to be a better person. But again, part of that is just, just me being a Christian saying, I'm not going to let somebody else allow me to be bitter cold or ugly because it's just not who I am as a Christian and I just hope I never get to that point where somebody can treat me in such a way or tear me down in such a way where I'm not soft I don't want to be hard I've been hard before I'm not going to lie I've been there before when I was a lot younger and I feel like it's more comfortable or it's more natural to be soft, as you put it, and not have those walls up and not have those guards up. Okay. You know, now that's a hot button right there. Uh, you know, the reciprocation. And I and I get it. And I definitely understand. Um, I want to get on that. I want to touch on that. But let me kind of go back really quickly. Now, you stated that this wasn't something that you were necessarily taught. You had to learn this uh, later in life. And, um, you know, through your experiences as a Christian, through your, your walk with God, you, you develop this, this more of a loving, um, characteristic to yourself. So, okay. So let me, let me, so let me ask you this. Growing up black households and I, I get you know, that it is not just on the women. There's, there's a huge male component in this as well. But growing up in black households, you know, for you, how, how, what was your, did you, how, what was the interaction that you saw that you witnessed between your mother and your father? <laughs> oh, wow, we're getting deep now. <laughs> I have to, I, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if this is because our, our interactions, most of us don't understand that our interactions in our romantic relationships, they are direct correlations to what we see growing up, to how we see our parents interact with each other, um, 
And we, more often than not, we learn to love what we learned to see. You know, and meaning that we incorporate what we see on a daily basis. If this is something that I have, I'm, I have more direct knowledge of, then this is going to be the behavior that I display more often than not. Right. If I think about it, my mom, she worked so hard and my dad worked as hard as well. She was, she was, you know, somewhat, my mom is affectionate. My mom is very affectionate to this very day. Mm-hmm. She was affectionate then and my dad was the one who wasn't affectionate. Gotcha. He was an affectionate person. And I used to always joke because I was not an affectionate, I just became an affectionate person probably in the last decade. <laughs> and he was not an affectionate person. I used to always say, I think I got that side from my dad because I remember my mom trying to hug on my dad sometimes. And I don't know if some of it was him just being embarrassed with her showing that type of affection around the children or if that's just who he was. But... I don't necessarily recall my mom waiting on my dad hand and foot, not because she didn't care for him or didn't cater to him, but she was just busy because she had three kids. Right. But I do remember her telling us, to some degree, you don't need a man. You can do everything on your own. And, you know, it's not that we do need a man. It's maybe that we want one, want one to compliment us. And I know sometimes we do get hurt and that that, that wall goes up or that well, I don't need a man. I can do everything by myself. Yeah, we can, but do you really want to? I don't. <laughs> That's a good point. So like I okay, so for me, um it was actually a, the the opposite for me. Uh my dad is more soft spoken. You know, and um, now the 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 trigger pull on this one is uh, my mother and my father divorced early, but the hugest uh, the, the 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 huge portion of my life growing up, me and my brother, my father was there. You know, he was never ever more than a phone call away. I can call my dad at any point, any time. You know, hey, I need this, or hey, can you come and get me? I just want to see. And I, I, I saw my dad interacting with my dad almost daily. So even though he wasn't in the house, he wasn't out of our life. And, and so that I, I took my cues from, uh, you know, not to discredit or, or discount my, my mother, but I took my cues more so from my father, because just like you said, my mother was busy. She was working. She was going to school. She was raising uh, kids. And so she didn't have that let me be affectionate mentality. You know, yes. it well, was. I can say that it was the same with my mom and my dad. My mom and dad, they were married to the day he died. He was always a good provider. He he provided, he worked hard too. He did a lot of things. He took, he took us to school. He took us how to, taught us how to drive. He took us to hair appointments, but wasn't necessarily affectionate, but he was definitely a provider. Fast forward this day and age, people talk about love language. 
and I guess that was my dad's love language that he exhibited is acts of services and not necessarily so much affection. Right. And 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 that definitely definitely happens. Um, I know a time. Um, I was actually speaking to a friend of mine, and she was talking about her, you know, because we got on the topic of softness, and she was speaking about her relationships and how she was taught, how she was raised. And her developing uh, softness later in life, but it wasn't until much later in life. She says she didn't realize that she wasn't soft until she was in her 40s. And, 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 and like, I say, like I said earlier, I think a lot of times people equate softness to femininity, but they are different. She said that she felt like because she was a feminine woman, then she was soft. But there were times when, you know, she didn't display softness, but she didn't realize it. Uh, I'll give you an example of, of for me, myself. Um, I was, uh, my, my, uh, I have two daughters. I have a, an, uh, an adult daughter, she's 23. I have a daughter that's 17. And my adult daughter came to uh, my home and I had just cooked and her and her boyfriend, and I like her boyfriend, he's a good guy, you know, and he's always willing to do whatever is needed for her. And so, that right, they, they came and, you know, I had just finished cooking and he said to her, hey babe, um, it's food your dad cooked. You may want to go ahead and eat because you said that your stomach was hurting earlier because they was driving down from Houston. And her response to him was, when I get ready to eat, I'll eat. I don't need you to tell me that I have to eat. And so I I had to, to kind of put her coattail on that. Hey, that's not how you talk to somebody that's showing you that they care. And she didn't get it. She was like, what did I do? So I had to explain to her that right there, what you did, that that was an attitude. And she's like, no, I didn't have an attitude, but I had to explain to her. It's not so much as what you say, but it is along the line of how you say it, you know. So so what about so has has so has that been your experiences considering, as you stated, you had to learn it later on in life. Has that been your experiences where you were displaying rigidness or roughness? and didn't really and truly realize it. Right, and I think that awakening really came with raising my son. I have an adult son as well. And one thing that I wanted to do differently with him than the way I was raised is in my words and my actions when I discipline him and when I talk to him. Right. I don't ever want to talk to my son or anybody that I'm dating in a way that's so demeaning that's so hurtful where they just feel beat down. I actually had a situation a few years ago, um, this guy that I was dating, he, he hurt me bad. I'm going to be really honest with you. He hurt me bad. I was in tears. And he, he kept calling. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, after I told him, hey, I'm done. And I talked to him in a way one day because I, I had just got fed up with it. Didn't curse or anything, but I just talked to him in a way 
that was not me. To the point, even though this person had done wrong and hurt me, I called and apologized. I told him, I said, I'm not apologizing for what I said, but I am apologizing for the way that I said it. Right. Right. I was raised in a way where just just some just the tone the tone the tone was everything to the point where you would go away feeling bad for two days later after whatever was said had been said and even so now I'm so careful in my tone of how I you know interact with my son interact with somebody I've dated but on the flip side I've encountered people because I am kind of soft as you put it or I don't necessarily um I don't like confrontation so I'll just kind of shut down I don't necessarily argue back mm-hmm. but they keep pushing and pushing and pushing and then talk to you in a way and their tone is in a way to a point where it brings up bad memories okay and it's almost like PTSD and it's like okay I'm not I cannot be talked to that way whatever you have to say you can say it to me or explain it to me in a way where you don't make me feel smaller you don't make me feel less than it and that's the thing I don't ever want anybody to feel like that especially my son I don't want my son to be some henpecked man henpecked husband so I'm very careful with how I talk to him and I had a mentor and she used to always tell me she corrected me one time in front of my son and she kind of pulled me to the side I'm talking to him she said always watch your timing your tone and your tact when mm. you're addressing anybody, especially a male, she says, timing, tone, and tact. Is it the right time to say what you need to say? What is your tone like, and is it tactful? And I always try to do that, addressing my son going forward, and I think our relationship changed. It was even to the point, I told him, I said, if you see me, or if you hear me talking to you in a way that's demeaning to you, or I'm raising my voice, or disrespecting you, I give you permission to raise your hand and say, hey, 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 we right here. Right. <laughs> and even now again, like I said, in my in my adult relationships, it may not be the best coping mechanism, but before I started to raise my voice or go completely off, I would just shut down. Gotcha. And that's, that's actually an excellent uh, tactic, you know, because... One thing that I, that I say, and again, please, ladies, don't come and get me. I am not bashing women and I'm not speaking against women because I'm only given a male's perspective because that's the only thing that I know. That's the reason why I have Stephanie here. Um, a lot of times. More more often than not, women don't realize that men have feelings and emotions. And they will speak or talk to us in a manner in which they feel men should be okay hearing, you know? And um, I have a huge problem with being cursed out. I don't like being cursed because I don't, because I don't curse people, you know, I don't curse people. And so I don't, I have a problem with being cursed. And so um, I've had relationships where if I did something disapproving, or, you know, I didn't, or I did something that they didn't agree with, then they would curse. And I would say, don't curse me. And their uh, recourse would be, I didn't curse you. I'm cursing this situation. 
And people say that people say that all the time, but you have to understand something. If I'm the reason for the situation, or if I'm part of the situation, or if I'm the uh, the 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 head of the situation, then you are cursing me. And if I'm not speaking to you that way, then don't speak to me like that. Like you said, uh, timing, tone, and tact. That is an excellent excellent teaching tool for uh, a lot of people not just uh women but for men for for kids children and even in dealing with uh you know our school systems you know uh and so so let me ask you this considering as you stated that you had to learn this later on in life do you feel as though you have lost any relationships potential relationships because of your initial reaction, the lack of tact, the lack of proper timing and, and the um, aggressive or agitated tone? Not necessarily. I don't think, well, I don't think so, but maybe the relationship could have went down a different path or ended better or fared better. I don't necessarily think I've lost any because luckily... <laughs> I've dated some men who are strong enough who, if I do get, you know, or got out of check too much, they would be like, hey, you need to chill out. <laughs> okay. So, luckily I did have, you know, men who didn't just say, okay, you know what, I'm just going to leave this girl alone. She's crazy. Her mouth is just out of control. They would put me in check or they would tell me, your mouth is out of control. And I know I used to have a very, very sharp tongue. I had a sharp tongue and that's why I shut down now because I know what I'm capable of, and I've even told a person before, I was like, hey, change the subject, change the subject, hey, let's not talk about this, let's not talk about this, because I know that my tongue and my words can, you know, go to some place that I don't want them to go to, but I don't necessarily think I've lost anything. I've okay. had a couple of people come back, you know, much later in life and say, you know, they see the different person. Man, you're a different person. Remember you had that mouth? Oh. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't I don't wanna be that person. I didn't like the mouth, so let's not even let's not even focus or talk about that anymore. I don't wanna be that person. Right. Because it's ugly. To me it's ugly and I'm not ugly on the outside, so I don't wanna be ugly on the inside. I don't wanna be an ugly person because of the vibe I give off or because how I talk to people or because I curse somebody out or because my time and tone taxes off in the way I make people feel. I don't want to be ugly, an ugly person or being ugly in the way I behave. Mm -hmm. I want to be beautiful all the way around and I want people to lead better or feeling better about themselves than when they first approached me or when they first met me. So that doesn't go in line with being hard or, hey, I'm not going to let anybody hurt me. I'm going to tell you about yourself. Sometimes it's just like, you know what, the best way for me to tell you about yourself is for me not to deal with you. Right. You know, um, two things. Firstly, you know, speaking as a Christian, the Bible does say that a kind word turneth away wrath. You know? Yes. And so we have to learn that everything doesn't require that quick-witted tongue. Yes. You know, uh, the second thing, you, you made a statement that you said, luckily, you you dated men that have been strong enough to, you know, deal with, with you know, the way you were or put you in your place or whatever the case may be. And so that brings up a question that I have. 
do you feel that let me see how I can say how can I say this? You know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say it how it is. I'm just gonna say it how it is. Do you feel that black men have become too soft themselves? I mean, I, the reason I ask have black men become too soft is because I think we have reached a point in society where, oh man, I'm gonna get all kind of emails on this. <laughs> I think we have reached a point in society where women coddle and baby their sons especially black women they coddle and they baby their sons they treat their sons as though you know he came down with the last drop of rain and they are tougher and harder and more astringent on their daughters because they're teaching their daughters and see and 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 just from my experiences i think that's kind of where the conflict comes in Teaching your daughters to be strong and that you don't need a man and then teaching your sons that a woman should cater to you. And so there is a conflict. And within that conflict, conflict breeds turmoil. Turmoil breeds uh, anger and bitterness. And those two things breed enemies. And I think in our relationships these days, especially in our you know, with black love and everything, black women and black men, we, we have become more competition than than anything else. Yeah. And so do you feel with you know, like I said, do you feel that black men have become too soft? I've seen it, I've experienced it myself. I um uh, <laughs> when uh before I, you know, had this awakening and changed the way I talked to people. I'll never forget. I had this one guy. Oops, I'm afraid his name. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I had this one guy. He cried one day. He cried and he called his mother. Mm. And he said, Mom, she is talking to me. She is shouting at me. And I was like, did this thing girl just really call his mom <laughs> in the middle of an argument and disagreement that he seriously caused? He did. And he cried. And I'm going to be honest with you. I know this sounds horrible. But him crying, it just made me that much more mad. <laughs> and you know what? I, I'm thinking, what the hell? Like, who raised you? Right. I dealt with another person who they were such a mama's boy to the point that that same mentor that had told me about Tom and Tony Tech, when she met him one day, she was like, what's wrong with this one? She <laughs> him one time. She knew something was off. His mom had coddled him and babied him so much. He was a horrible person. He expected the world to bow down to him. He would bark orders. He wanted everything to be his way, and he wanted people to oppose him and treat him the way his mom did. See, that that's exactly what I'm talking about right there. Because we have situations where, you know, I, I have people within my own family where the son is treated so much better than the daughter. The son has so much range. Wow. 
and, and they don't understand. You're not raising him to be a man. You're raising him to be a boy continually because he's going to sit around waiting for the approval of his mother. And later that equates to his woman. He's going to sit around waiting for the approval you know, of his mother. And he's going to also sit around waiting for her to cater. You know, if you're going to be the king, you got to wear the crown, you know, and. Or do things, or do things. I see that, goodness gracious, I see that a lot with uh, young men, my son's age, my son is 22. And I see a lot of young men his age, some of his friends, their mothers have completely enabled them to not be able to think for themselves, make decisions for themselves without asking their mom. Right. They're too afraid to go off and do anything or be anything more than whatever it is their mom expects them to be. And I feel sorry for them. And they get upset now. They're like, well, he doesn't do these things. He doesn't do these things. It's like, well, I can't wait to get 18 to teach him how to be a man. It starts way back here when he's five, when he's six, when he's seven. Right. You have to, for me, I think you have to start way back, way when they're young. And it's tough. It's very tough showing tough love sometimes to your child and having them to find things out the hard way and just bump their heads. You just have to sit back. But you know it's going to make them a better person. Because my biggest thing is I lost my dad really, really early in life. He got in his sleep. And I just always raised my son to, heaven forbid, if something happens to me, because his dad is not in his life, if something happens to me, he would be able to pick up, keep going. He may be sad, but he would know what to do. Right. He would be able to take care of himself and be self-sufficient. That's how I've raised my son since he was probably six, eight years old. He was washing his clothes. He was ironing his clothes at eight and ten years old. And I remember my mom getting so upset and her and I butting heads all the time about how I raised him. You're too hard on him. You should do these things for him. He shouldn't be ironing his clothes at this age and this is and I said, You raised three girls. You have never raised a son in right. difference. And she would always say, It's not a difference, it's not a difference. Then fast forward later, later on in life, when he was about 12 or 13, she came back and she said, you know what? It is a difference. A big one. A big difference. And, you know, like I, like I was saying, you know, we we get the, and, you know, God bless our, our parents because in all honesty, for the most part, they didn't know, you know, things are different now. And, but we have to understand that we are not raising sons and daughters because they were born to be sons and daughters. So you don't have to teach them how to be a son or how to be a daughter. We are raising husbands and wives. Right. And so when you teach your son just how to be your son, how to just respond to you, how to only show you love, what you're doing is, is you're emotionally castrating him because he gets out into the world and he doesn't know how to properly love his woman. And the first thing that he does when she doesn't do what he thinks she should be doing, he runs home to mama and mama and mama throws her arms around him. It's okay, baby. Ain't no woman going to ever love you more than your mama anyway. And that, but that's the that's the that's the the huge problem because on the other side of that coin, we have daughters that are 
feeling neglected and they run home to mama and mama is telling them, no, you need to, to, it's time for you to be a grown woman. It's time for you to get out there and you handle your business. And so we're toughening up our daughters and we're weakening our sons. And so that's the reason why we have situations now where women aren't soft. And so let me ask you this question. Do you feel as a black woman, do you feel that women are able to recognize when they are not being soft in their relationship? I think if you see that exhibited all the time, if you were raised that way, and if your circle of friends act in the same way, of course you won't recognize it because you think it's the norm, you think that's the way to be, that's how it is. So no, I don't think that you would be able to recognize that depending on what your circle of influence is, or unless you had an awakening or an epiphany like I did, you had a wiser, older mentor that came and said, hey, no, this is how you need to do things. Right. So I don't think so. I know me, myself, when I'm in my, um, you know, I do a lot of get-togethers with my female friend. One thing that I try not to do or try not to allow is to allow bashing of men. Right. We all get upset, we get frustrated with some of the things we deal with, but, and I always tell them, I said, ladies, I just refuse to believe that every guy's the same. I just refuse to believe that we just haven't met the right one for us, and all men are not bad. We just have not met the right one for whatever reason. But I don't, I don't believe in bashing men. And even my son's dad, he, uh, he's not in the picture, and people will ask questions, they'll ask my son questions, they'll ask me questions. Why don't you why don't you why don't, why don't you guys ever mention him? Well, there's not anything good to mention, so why would we talk about it? Exactly. Exactly. That's a wow, that's powerful. It's very powerful. Um because we we have to understand man, first and foremost, what we have to learn how to do is bridle our tongue. Because right. <laughs> we'll have situations where mothers are destroying the fathers in the in the in the sight of their their children, and fathers are destroying the mothers in the sight of their children, and then you, you have them growing up, and we don't know how to foster healthy relationships because right. we uh, we we look at it like. No, do what I say, do, do what I want you to do, or I'm not going to treat you properly. And let, let me, let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this. And considering your epiphany and, you know, having your mentor, um, do you feel as though, you know, speaking for you, do you feel, you know, that this the epiphany that you had and also being directed and taught by your mentor, do you feel as though it has better prepared you for marriage? Absolutely. Without a shadow of a doubt, absolutely. She even went further to say, like some of the things that women say they're not going to do, it's ministry when you cook for your family, when you when you cater to your husband, when you do these things, it's an act of ministry, it's an act of service to your 
your family, your husband. And I have to even think about it as like my child. Um, And you can attest to this as well because you're a parent. No matter how upset my child gets, do I withhold love for my child? Do I say, I'm not going to cook your dinner for you today because you did such and such. I'm not going to feed you today because you did such and such. I wouldn't do that to my child, so why would I do that to my spouse? Wow. That's... If I'm supposed to love them unconditionally, I, it's the same thing. And I feel like just raising a son by myself is some of the things that have helped prepare me to be a better wife. Because I see that we love our children unconditionally. We wouldn't do these things with our children. Why would we do that to somebody we say that we love and we want to be with the rest of our lives? Uh, you know what? You're, you are so right. You know, it's funny. Um, Chris Rock uh, was was doing the speaking engagement. He actually said that women, children, and dogs are the only people, or I'm sorry, are the only beings that are loved unconditionally, whereas <laughs> men are only loved based on their ability to provide. If you and 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 now. <laughs> I, I hear it in your tongue <laughs> before. I mean, it's not. And he, he went on to say, you know, it's not necessarily based off of financial provision. It is just the ability to provide what I need. I'll love you as long as you provide what I need, whether that is emotional stability, uh, uh, mental health, financial responsibility, or even physical attributes at the moment that you no longer provide me what I need, then I, I don't see a point in needing you. Right. And, and that promotes a higher level of anxiety that I feel a lot of people don't understand. And trust me, all praises to our uh, queens, black women are the cornerstone of our of our existence, of civilization, and we understand the stress, and the pain, and the hardships. But with that being said, men have just as many, uh, just as much stress, just as much pain, just as many hardships. But we're we're expected to to handle it with a quiet dignity without a word of complaint. And it it has become so demonstrative that now if you tell your woman, hey, look, I don't like this. Don't I don't like how you treat me. Don't handle me like this. And their response is, what? You need to man up. I've actually heard this. Yeah, I have a friend get a whole divorce over that topic. Wow. She got divorced over. Well, I told him he need to he need to man up. <laughs> wow, and see, and that and that's 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 what I'm saying. I think because a lot of times women, number one, they don't recognize because as you stated, you know, by being raised a certain way and then having friends that all act the same way, you don't recognize that you're being that you're not being soft, and you don't recognize that this absence of softness has become a detriment to your relationship you know and 
and you you brought up something earlier when you was talking about you know you don't withhold love from your son just because he upsets you. You said, and I think women have gotten into the to the uh, realm of punishment. You know because if a, one thing I'll tell you, ladies, if your man loves you and he has set his eyes as you being not just a part of his life, but the part of his forever. There are certain things that he is willing to take from you and he will, you know, to the point where it can actually become a form of abuse. And if your man really likes your company or whatever, I know that, hey, let me just say that it is cool to want some alone time to, to kind of rejuvenate and re-energize yourself, but to use it as a form of punishment. We don't, you know, I, I said this in another segment. There is nothing that you can do to make a person cheat. If they are going to cheat, it's by, it's by their choice. Now, you may not have opened the door to them cheating, but you did point out the exit. You know, because you, men are, you know, women, women, seem to think which which societally men are uh visual and they like what they see and and they eat according to how it looks and, and this and the third but as egotistical as most people think men are men are also quietly emotional and oh, I, very much so. right and i think it's the demonstrative quiet that gives people the false reality that men don't have emotions or that they don't feel as strongly as women do. But it it will, if if you are in a point of you're constantly, you know, I'm getting attitude from you when I'm asking you if you're hungry or I'm getting attitude with you because I'm saying, hey, are you okay? Is everything okay with you? Or I'm getting you know, you're, you're saying things like, oh, you know, you're, you're too clingy if I'm saying, hey, I want to spend time with you. It pushes them out the door. Yeah. I know um, sometimes you can tell I'm real good at reading people's body language. Right. And you can kind of tell when a couple is doing well or if everything's okay just by the body language body language specifically the body language of a man and i noticed this many many years ago when i was in my early 20s 20s i had this friend i used to go visit her often she was married at the time and i'll never forget and i remember i remember it so vividly to this day as soon as he would walk in the door from work she would start going off on him mm. about what needs to be done. What did you do this? Did you do that? Did you do this? I called you today. You didn't call me back. Did you make no hello? How are you doing? No, I'm glad you made it home safely. No, how was your day? She would just start going off on, on him. And I was probably maybe, goodness, I was maybe 21, much older now. And I remember thinking back then, wow, I don't, ever, ever want to be like that. And I remember her 
the disposition of her husband, his face and his head, you know, his head would just start to sink down, his shoulders slump like he was defeated. Fast forward, maybe 10, 15 years later, I ran into him. He was without her. They were still married. And I was asking him, asking him how it was going. He's like, oh, I just, you know, before I go home from work, I had to stop off at the bar or mm. at the park or somewhere before I go home. And I remember thinking, oh, my goodness, that's terrible. When I get married, I want my husband to run home to me because I want him to know that's his safe haven. That's his happy place. He doesn't have to go home and or doesn't have to go to a bar or go to the park before he comes home. And if you're getting that when you come home, why wouldn't you want to go somewhere else? And, again, I, don't, I think men will cheat, you know, they don't necessarily have to have an excuse, but at the same time, don't push him to do that by just constantly yapping, not knowing when to be quiet. I know I was reading this book, too. I forgot the name of the book. But it was saying when your husband, and this is your husband, when your husband gets home from work, the only thing that should be said is, if anything, I'm glad you're home. Kiss him on the cheek, give him a hug, and go sit down and hush. You don't need to say anything about what's going on with the kids, what's going on with the house. And as a black man, to your point, they face so much stuff in the world. Why would you want them to come home and still have to fight with right. everything that they have to fight with out in the world? Right, right, exactly. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's funny because... Like in my experiences and people that I've deal with, when you say, look, you are doing this to me, it instantly causes tension. Nobody wants to step back and look at themselves because if there is a problem, it's your problem. You need to deal with it. Nobody says, you know, <laughs> I had I had a woman that I talked to and she was talking to me about how she had all of these failed relationships, right? And she started to talk about why each of the relationships failed. And then she would say things like, they they didn't know how to uh, do what I told them to do. And they didn't know how to, how to listen. And they, you know, they didn't. Know. And so I said, so you had all of these failed relationships and the problem was them. And she was like, right, because they didn't know how to. And I said, so you don't see if I said, so did any of these men ever say to you that you don't listen or anything to that effect? And I swear to you, her response was they all did, which proves that they didn't know what they was talking about. Oh, and I said, so if everybody is telling you the same thing, that means step back and take note. And so with uh, the, I bring it up to say this. If your man comes to you and say, listen, you are not treating me. Right. Or I, I'm, you know, I'm not getting this from you. Step back and take note because you want that. You want him to do the same. You know, uh, I, I saw this. I was watching this television show and it's a famous television show. I think it was called uh, 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 Gir Girlfriends. That's it. And oh, yeah. uh, the main character, Joan, she was talking to this guy she was in a relationship with and she was talking to him about. Uh, his addiction to sex. He was a sex addict. And so 
you know, she said, we need to get this all out on the table right now. And so, you know, she asked him how many women had he slept with? And he said almost a hundred. She lost it. She was like, you slept with almost a hundred. And he said, Hey, everybody has skeletons in their closet, even you. And she said, yeah, I have like two or three. You have a whole graveyard. And so he says, he told her, he said, you know, you've got, you, you got your baggage too. And she was like, what baggage do I have? And so he, he named off these two things and she said, okay, that's fine. I have these two uh, little things that could fit in an overnight bag and your baggage needs an entire steamer trunk. So the point he then said was this kills me. Women expect a man to understand their faults to respect the process of them trying to change and to help them along the way. Women feel like you need to correct your own faults before you come to me. And to a degree, I agree, you know, work on yourself before you bring someone else in. But I also feel like we are called to help each other, to be helpmeets. And it's not just for the benefit of one person, you know, when we become, when we become better then together, collectively, we become stronger. And right. if you are not willing to prop me up on the sides where I'm weak and I'm leaning, how then can you expect me to do the same for you? You know, and, and I understand women have, like I said, you, you come home and you don't want to get dumped on. You don't want your man Listen, the, the house ain't been cleaned and it ain't no food to be cooked and you just now walking in. You don't want that. You want to be able to decompress. And the same thing, your man, he doesn't want to always feel like I'm never off. When I finish busting my butt out there, I have to come home and bust my butt again. And the lack of respect and appreciation I get out there transfers to the lack of respect and appreciation that I get when I come home. You know, I um, I had a friend who was telling me that he was on the way out of his relationship. He had been with this woman for four years and he said, I can't, I can't do it anymore. And so uh, I just happened to be at their house and, uh, you know, he was talking about how she's not affectionate with him until she wants her him to be affectionate with her and she's oh, wow. not, you know and that it that's it's funny because the same tenderness softness affection attention adoration that women love men like that too oh they do and they it, like to be oh, <laughs> do you know can i tell you something and this is going to sound so funny but I have with you know I have never been in a relationship with anyone where she tells me that I'm handsome but I will hear it I will hear it from women that I'm not in a relationship with on a constant and I'm like what is it that they're seeing that the woman that I'm with is not seeing my son told me this. He said that, and my son is very handsome. I'm not just saying this because I'm his mom, because I see strangers tell him how handsome he is. He said men are not told that a lot, though. Right. 
That's he's kind of saying what you said. He, well, he's dating somebody. They don't necessarily tell him that he's handsome, but he hears it from other people. And I've actually told the guy before, you know, that I was dating, hey, I like your new hair. You know, I, I do it all the time, even with, you know, my clients where I work. You know, I notice those things. Like, did you get a new haircut? Right. I'm like, oh, yeah. It looks amazing. It's, oh, thank you. Or your compliment, you know, hey, did you lose a couple of pounds? You'll compliment an outfit. And they act like they've never heard a compliment before. And that's my thing. If somebody compliments my man, I want him to be able to say, okay, thank you. And it's not the first time you heard the compliment because you heard it from me first. Right, so exactly. So I'm big on complimenting people, especially my man. I want him to know that I, I see you. I see your new haircut. I see you looking good. So when some woman tries to come to you and tells you, something I've already told you, you're not all giddy and think that she's something special because I've already told you that before you left out of the house today. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, I, Stephanie, I want to thank you so much for coming on my segment today. You have given me a huge amount of insight. You have shared uh, some okay. light on a lot of things. I, I really appreciate you. You know, your intelligent your intelligence precedes you in, in all honesty. Uh, I want to thank you for uh, coming on today. In closing, I want to say to my audience, understand that we're all in this together, speaking relationship wise. And if I'm 100% for you, you can't be 50, 80, or even 99% for me. You have to be you have to have my back as strongly as I have yours. And if you're not willing to make the person that you're with more of a priority, then you should either step back and question the relationship or question whether or not this is the one. And so in closing, I want y'all to understand, you know, let's love each other. Let's show each other that we mean something to each other and uh, uplift each other in our relationships. And to you, Stephanie, again, I want to thank you so very, very much for giving us your insight and for giving us uh, your your words, your intelligence. And I hope to get you on my segment again. And uh, to my audience, this has been another segment of Let's Talk About It. Join us next week. We'll have a new topic. If you have something that you would like to discuss, hit me up, send me an email, or even leave me a voice message, leave your contact information and what you would like to talk about. And I will uh, definitely get back to uh, get back with you. Until then, I am out of here like a bad year. Y'all have a good one.